Before we start, this episode contains talk about uh, rape and other forms of graphic sexual violence. Just want to give you that warning before you go ahead and dive in. Thanks. We're brothers and a sister. We're happy and singing and we're colored. And one of no. us is four, one. <laughs> give me a so, while standing on a ladder. Wow. Cut and print. Beautiful, guys. Hey, yo. Hard work pays off. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It With The Homie. It's your boy, CJ, joined by the man who believes you just gotta be ready to work. You gotta get up off your lazy behind and work. Eugene McKeever. Also known as Kim K tonight. You be putting in that work, right? I be putting that work because Kim Kim told me to. She said, you got to get up off your tail and work. You know, I respect that because hard work pays off. It does all the time. I mean, she she's a prime example of all the hard work that was put into her career and is now paying off. Something. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping before we start. Avery is once again not with us. Uh, everything's okay. He's good, but he has a lot going on in life right now. So he's taking a couple of episodes off. He should be back in a couple of months. So Eugene and I are are flying solo, but I guess we're a duo. So we're flying duo, dolo. I don't, I don't know. It's me and Gene. But tonight, it, excuse me, child. What are you? You, you speak when spoken to, okay? <laughs> no one addressed you. <laughs> Well, as you can tell, there is another voice here tonight, and this is the voice of a woman. She's tiny but mighty, the any mitty bitty from the little city. She needs help to reach the top shelf, but has a Bull heart city, of son. gold. Bull City, we welcome <laughs> to the pod another homie of ours, Deanna Epps. What's up? What's up? How's the how's the weather down there? You mean in the same place where you're located? <laughs> well, I mean, we're in nice the same today. we're in the same city, but like we're in different hemispheres of. No, we're not. We I, are, I'm not that. We are that short. You you are that short. For the official record, Diana, please tell us how tall are you. It depends on the day, honestly. Um, so it's something only short people is, say. Well, no, it, it literally five foot even is on my license. That's well, on your you license, really? but what are you? Mm-hmm. What is your actual? Five foot even. I'm not. I wouldn't lie. Five foot I even mean, is what I am. Alan Iverson was listed as six feet, <laughs> but I still lie. after him, and we the after same st- after standing next to that man, he is He's not, not six, six feet. Foot. He is not. Hey, man, Chris Paul. I'm tall compared to Iverson. No, because you're still no, shorter you're than him. No, you're still like a no, foot shorter no. than him. A lot Maybe of people ta- have my moment. Maybe like, tall compared to brain. the you're tall compared to the basketball that Iverson used to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> you might be right. I'll let you have that one. We wanted to bring Diana on for this episode because 
honestly, we we're tackling a pretty heavy subject tonight. One that as to as to men, I don't think I I know we're not fully equipped to to properly handle it. And we we wanted a woman's perspective and voice on this. We all just watched the docuseries. We need to talk about Bill Cosby, produced by W. Kamau Bell. And I mean, this there's a lot to say about it. And we're gonna get into it. Chile. Yeah. But guys, Chile. I, I want to hear tell just tell me, D, you could start your initial thoughts watching watching that that docuseries. I there are a lot of things I did not know. There are a lot of things I did not know about what he brought to the culture when it came to television. Um, and then it was just a lot. It was a lot to process. It's like the more I got into it, every every next episode, I was like, okay, it can't get worse than that. No, no, it, it got worse. It got a, a lot, a lot worse than I anticipated. So um slap in the face for the black community for those of us that wanted to believe that he was uh not guilty and then for us that wanted to believe that he was (laughs) it's an eye opener on both sides did you believe that he wasn't guilty when you first heard the allegations no i i can honestly say no i didn't you didn't didn't believe he was guilty I didn't think he was guilty of all of them until I watched the soccer series. Why, I knew he why was didn't guilty you think of he was something. Guilty? No, no, no. I thought he was guilty to a degree, but it was just the fact of 60, I think is what wasn't around the number that came out. That yeah. was just a lot. It was like, wait, what? How has this been hidden for so long? Um, so I think for me, it was more so the amount of women that came forward. But I didn't, I didn't doubt it. Because once I learned there were settlements, I was like, all right, you got settlements, then you did something. But it was just an eye-opener. I mean, that's the thing, though, for, for 60 women to come forward, that to me was like, even if some of them were lying, you can't tell me 60 women were lying. Like, that's, that's hard for me to believe. Eugene, yeah. did you think he was guilty when you first um, <clears throat> I think I'm it's similar to Deanna. Like I thought that I thought he was I thought he was guilty. I honestly when it first came out, like I just took it as he had raped some women or he was sexually inappropriate with some women. I didn't look into like the details of all the allegations, but then when I started looking into the details, I was like these women are telling the same story. Like there's no way all these women are telling this all saying the same thing there's no way that all of them are lying so i thought that i thought he was guilty to a degree i just didn't understand how guilty it was it was hard to accept that though because of the persona that he had in the public which was completely opposite of these allegations yeah i think that's something you you often see with abusers is that who they are behind closed doors is very different from their public persona. And in the docuseries, they talk about how, you know, you, you create this image that engenders yourself to the public. It makes it really hard for anyone to believe you. 
And so many of the women who were featured in the documentary, they would say like, yeah, like how could I go ahead and say this about Bill Cosby? That's America's dad. No one's going to believe little old me over him. Yeah. And they said America's dad, not black America's dad, like America's dad, like everybody here. Even the people that hated black people, he was, was viewed as a father. He was viewed as a father, father figure to them. So to hear that come in, these are like you're hearing. You grew these people grew up watching him, or were like much younger watching because these allegations are from like 40, 50 years ago. So it's not anything recent. So you have all these years that you have formed this image of this man, and then to hear, hey. All of that, all of that image that you had of him, yeah, all of that was a lie because he was doing all this other stuff behind the scenes. And so to hear that as an adult is like, dang, like my whole childhood was a was a lie. But then you start to like do the series, you start to see like, well, he did have a gynecologist practice in his basement. That's a little that's a little sketch. And I, I never I never realized that after watching the college show, like all the times I watched the college show. I never put two and two together. Like this man is practicing gynecology in his basement in a brownstone in New York. That's real. That's that's real Buffalo Bush. Like they talk about it, how he he was basically putting all these Easter eggs in Mm -hmm. his material, basically saying like, "This is a thing that I'm doing, and none of you know that I'm doing it." Ha ha! Inside joke that only I'm in on. Fooled like, them again. Fooled them and again. And shout out yeah. to the scientist. Uh, the scientist, I think he was on the first part. When he, or first part, second part, um, had the glasses, can't think of his name right now. But when he broke down the Spanish fly, I yeah. personally did not know that was a real thing. I didn't know like that was something that people could order or get or you like, it was order. a thing. Yeah, you could, it, being you, you could York, go you down could to the, the corner store. You can go down to the corner store and get Spanish fly. I know y'all don't have y'all don't have corner stores in the South, but there's these stores the that are these there's these convenience <laughs> stores in New York. They call them bodegas. We call them corner stores. You all had Family Dollar. Um, <laughs> don't don't you buy could, Family Dollar. You could go and get Spanish fly. Just like it was just sitting behind the counter. Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. So shout out to him for for breaking that down because that kind of blew my mind. And like I think he was said, more than a scientist, though. I mean, he, he he did them drugs. Oh yeah, he he's definitely one of <laughs> those was, people who was like, <laughs> he was he did. I'm telling you from firsthand experience what the drugs do. <laughs> he was very he thorough. He even explained the side effects and what it could do to you. So, um, yeah, it kind of highlighted. He, it's possible. I'm not going to sit here and say that that man did that. I'm he alleging. About it. He I'm did alleging it. that the, that man did the drugs. He did. <laughs> you know, Eugene, you mentioned something, uh, something really interesting, where you said that a lot of these allegations go back to the '60s. Like, what when you think about the timeline? This man had 50 years of raping under his belt yeah. because the earliest one, I think, was from 66 it was from with the like last one being 2004, I want to say. That, mm-hmm. that is a long time to be doing this thing and to do it so openly and brazenly 
Like yeah. when you think about some of the women that he targeted, the, it's some of these women weren't nobodies. They were some were models, some were recording artists, some were people in the industry, and and yet he was just getting away with it. You think about uh, uh, the guy who played, I think it was the guy who played Martin on the Cosby show, yeah. was talking about how, yeah, like, you know, there was just a whole section of women dedicated to Bill and they would just go in and out of his, out of his dressing room one at a time. Yeah. You know, there was some idea of what was going on there, but you know, no one can say for sure. But you had, someone had to know. I, yeah. I wouldn't put it past, like, I wouldn't say that the cast may have been aware of what was going on, but somebody had Frank, to know. Frank knew. Frank Scott. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Frank right. knew. Frank Scott looked like an inchworm. He liked the little okay, bookworm then... from, from Looney Tunes. <laughs> My man was the handler. He was the yeah. one getting these women for Bill. He was the and one he was, ushering them in. He was handling. But he was the second assistant. Like, he had two. I don't know the name of the other one, but he was only one of his assistants. Yeah, so yeah, maybe he was had one, one that was front facing, and then you know, old Scotty over yeah. there was the one that grabbed him from the from the audience yeah. and say, "Hey, come here." You know, it, it reminds me of R. Kelly in that it was it's knew, very mm-hmm. people knew what was going on. People were enabling him, but similar to R. Kelly, Bill was a person who, if you take him out, a lot of people don't eat, and therefore. Yeah. It's very easy to justify. Oh, oh, we'll just let him let him do do his thing. Yeah, it's bad, but you know, it's not that bad. These women know why they're going to his dressing room. These women, like, it, it's very easy to to shift blame to to the women and not be like, well, no, this guy is a dirty old creep and he needs to be stopped. Well, I think that's why it was good in what is it, part four when they tied it together and spoke about rape culture in general. Because when you think about it, yes, people knew, but you also have to consider what was kind of okay back then. Like, it was okay for men to say sideways things, do sideways things, and no one batted an eye. So for the people that were able to push power or push, you know, some type of justice, they honestly didn't really care about I don't say they didn't care completely, but in the sense they didn't really care that these women were being targeted or impacted or what have you, or what have you because you got to think about the modeling agency that was bringing the models up there. Why do y'all keep bringing models up there? So it just goes to it goes to show it was the it was it was a part of the culture, unfortunately. And honestly. I ain't gonna lie. I think he would have continued on had he not gave that pound cake speech. Mm. Yeah, that pound that pound cake speech really, really messed him up. He would he would have but I think he was, was like I think he was starting to slip into like being senile or something. Oh. <laughs> not, not, not dementia, but I think he was like he was. He started to be a little off back in like the early two thousands. Like you could tell, like. It's all not there. Because like that penalty speech was unwarranted, came out of nowhere. I remember nowhere. hearing that speech. And I was like, what is this man talking about? Like, this makes absolutely no sense. Like, he's just rambling on. He, but, was, he turned into Uncle Ruckus in front of us. Yeah. I mean, you could kind of see it, though. The older he got, the more it was like, you, you're not all there. Yeah. He's, 
Yeah. He I think was, he had he been playing one. a character for so long that the his real personality and the character, the 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 blurred line between the two just just kind of started to dissipate. I was like, I Martin. mean, well, that's what happens. That's yeah. what happened to Martin. That's what happened to Martin. That's why season five was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever talks about how how bad season five was. I always you just pretend it. it doesn't exist. I always thought that ruined the whole legacy of Martin. Like Martin was a great show, and then they tried to do that season without Gina, because Martin thought he was really he thought he was really in a relationship with Tisha Campbell. That's Allegedly, like, no. that that was that's what was alleged. Most shows that's- and. One or two seasons too late. And that was just the case for Martin. Not insecure, though. We love you, Issa. Facts. <laughs> Facts. We probably could have used another season of Insecure. Nah. I'm okay with how it ended. She got everything she wanted. I'm good with how it ended. Okay, but that's beside the point. Back yeah, to yes, this nasty is. man named, named Bill Cosby. <laughs> like, uh, <clears throat> he was a narcissist. He was he yeah. was definitely a narcissist. He was he was a narcissist, and I think it it got to the point where they even said like the more famous he got, it was like oh you can't touch me, yeah, like, you can't tell on me. Like even to the point where you're raping these women, and then you're calling them jobs, and then giving them jobs. That was one thing that I did not understand. How was he able to call everyone? He was getting <laughs> everyone's phone number. How, what is this, like, did he have a connect at the operator? He was Bill Cosby. How are you getting everyone's number? I guess that's that's like Beyonce. When Beyonce says she want to call you, they're going to find a way. Yeah, I mean, when you you reach a certain level of of fame, I think that's nothing. But I I do think that this was a a manifestation of of him displaying, like he is a narcissist and this is this was him displaying, putting power dynamics on display, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when you when you read kind of the uh, the psychoanalysis of rapists, it's not the, the person who's starved for sex or the person who who's an incel. It's the person who, it's a, it's a display of dominance and power. And so many of the women, they tell these stories where he's ultimately like, now you better keep your mouth shut if you want to be okay, I don't ever want to hear about this. Or, you know, just like, hey, if you ever want to work in this business, you're not going to say anything. And, I, and like, that's just, it's just a straight up power play. And yeah. it's almost like you you hear a lot in Hollywood about how people, they get to this really powerful place in life. And then they become like, just even more sexually deviant, because it's like, I've had all that I can, and I, I need to search for more. And you, I, it's almost like you see that in Bill, where it's like, I'm so powerful. I have everything. What else can I do? I don't think his was more so like, I think his was, <clears throat> I think his stemmed from just low self-esteem and like a low view of himself and low self-worth. Because That's interesting you say that. Why? I yeah. just. Because it started so early, like before he was even like really famous, he started doing, he started the raping. So I think that 
one, I think it was like he was it was driven for power, but I think that he felt so his self-esteem was so low that he felt so bad about himself. He felt like I have to find any avenue of power that I possibly could get. Because I mean, you're a comedian, and so you gotta be charismatic, you gotta be able to to speak to people, you gotta be able to hold a conversation. You can have pretty much any girl that you want to, but for him to feel like this is the way that I have to be with them. This is the I have to rape them in order to be with them. I think it was low self-esteem. Like he didn't really believe that he could hold a conversation with a female. That's interesting. Cause I mean, he was, he was great to a degree. He was great at code switching, but you yeah. say that and it highlights that um, someone mentioned, I don't know if it was his own words or someone else um, sharing something that he shared with them to where he did not believe he deserved his wife when they first got married like she was above his caliber which then leads me which to if she's she such above his caliber how could you stay quiet for that long you there's no possible way for you to not know something is going on with your husband and i and the reason why i say that is because even the dude that uh martin uh, griffin and the other girl Lil, uh, lily the one that played the pregnant chick yeah. Um, for that one episode, they all said that they never saw. They never saw her. On you know, never saw Camille on the set or at the you know studio or anything. And, and so, it's like, why? And so, guys like that, like <clears throat> dudes that are like, I would say like a solid five or six looks wise, and you get a eight ten, that can go one of two ways. And I'm saying that as someone who has gotten an 810. And still, I don't understand how, how we got here. But she, he can either understand, okay, she's way out of my league. And I need to be grateful for this. I did something right. And she finds me attractive. She wants to be with me. Or you take it as, oh, I pulled her. I can have anybody that I want to. But if you don't believe, you don't. If you have a low self-esteem and you're not seeing the worth in yourself, you feel as though, okay, I have her, but in order to get someone else of her caliber, I have to go by, go about it by these means. And I think that but that's, yeah, that's I think that's power, how he put the power it. thing again, though. I mean, yeah, it's, and, it, and I think that that's, he used power. He realized, okay, I'm this powerful person in entertainment, so I'm going to use that power to tell my wife not to come to the set she could have very well been the set. like why would you not want your family to come and see where you work like right every, i don't i don't know of a celebrity who would not want their family to see where they work but in order for him to have a whole modeling section in order for ha- him to have women standing outside the the dressing room and for them to be coming in and out of the dressing room he can't have his wife and his kids there seeing seeing right. what he's doing so he I think he exerted that power at home, too. But I think it stemmed. I think the root of it was low self-esteem. Well, see, if she was higher caliber and I played this in my head after I watched the whole thing. Um, is it possible that she was the first person he was nasty with and to that degree? But she just had enough power to where she said, all right, you ain't gonna play me like that. Like, mm. so therefore the power, the tables turned. Yeah. I think it's possible. It's just weird. It's just weird. I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. I 
But every I mean, but man Cam- that has a beautiful off, wife. Though. I mean, that's <laughs> Young Camille or old Camille? <laughs> huh? Young Camille or old Camille? She she just Camille. She looked a little spacey. She smiled all the time. She what she she movie? she looked when like it's just uh step for wives. Step for wives. Yeah. yeah, she looked like she that. she was a step for she was a black step for wife. I just I don't I don't think she had a lot of common sense. She she seemed like she looked like she would believe anything that Bill told her. And that's unfortunate because I yeah and I I can't rave on her. It she would have to actually speak in order for us to to know more. But I think all in all, it just it's a sad situation because you cannot take. I, I like how um, you know they ended it with, "Can you separate the art from the artist?" Because at the end yeah. of the day, his the releasing of um, what was it the the sealed dispositions I believe that's what got him pretty much thrown in hot fire. It was what he said during those settlement meetings that really got him thrown into hot fire. Like that's where he really started admitting it. And once I kind of heard all of that and then really saw like the the same story being told over and over, that's when I was like, okay, this man really did what they said that, you know, was done to them. Not ever discounting a victim that comes forward um, because that takes a lot of heart in itself. But I guess from again, it was, it was just some numbers. Like, oh my God, it cannot be this many people. Like, that is crazy to me. Um, but I just, I guess I just didn't want it to be. I didn't want it to be so many women that he had done these horrible things to. Because it's like, dude, you're the pudding guy. What? Are, why are you drugging somebody? And why are you forcing your pain and and doing stuff with people's mouths, but yet you want them to keep their mouths closed? Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Here's a question. A Without those depositions, would you have ever believed that he did these things? Yeah. Without the depositions with the documentary or without any of it? With, let's say no depositions, but we still get a documentary. So we never actually get his words of saying, oh, well, yeah, you know, I, I did that. You know, it's just the thing I used to do. Without that, would you... Would you believe all these women? I still probably would believe them. I would. Because ain't no way. Ain't no way. And like, let me tell you how media sets things up. I think the reason why I re- it really hit for me with this documentary is because clickbait is something serious. And when all of these people were like telling their story or whatever, we weren't really hearing the full story in the media. So honestly, I was getting pieces of it. So it took me to hear individual stories to know that there is some type of pattern here. But if I'm just basing it on the media and having to do my own research and, and try to figure out all of these you know, puzzle pieces, it sounds like different stories, which is how, like, I don't want to say NBC kind of helped them, but it, that's how the media played it. But I think without them, yeah, not he nasty as hell. Yeah, I would, I would have believed them, <clears throat> even without his words. I would have believed them, because it was just. I think that like looking back and like 
I vaguely remember seeing some of those interviews that he's done. I vaguely remember, like I, I've seen his stand up. I, I, I have watched his stand up, and so thinking back on that and remembering like the stuff that he used to say in his stand up, so like it was right there. Like he put it right there. Like he put it right there in the art, and I can honestly say, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't support. Like if the Cosby Show is on, like I'm not gonna watch the Cosby Show. A different world is a, to me is a different story because I've known. So that was my next. That was my next. Question, I, I, I I know it was your next question. That's why I wanted to get in yeah. front of it. Can can you <laughs> still watch the Cosby Show? I can't really watch. The, I can't watch the Cosby Show because it's right there. Like it's right there in the Cosby Show. Like like I said earlier, like he had a gynecology practice in his basement like he was a gynecologist like by trade but he also was like doing that in his basement there's no gynecologist that is practicing that in their basement i've never heard of that like doing doing gynecology work at home so that right there i mean it was just the breadcrumbs right and this also (laughs) speaks to what a different time it was where his family-friendly comedy in the 60s and 70s was him talking about drugging women. Like, all these jokes about Spanish fly. D, can can you watch the Cosby show now, or or is it just all But it made it family-friendly because he didn't curse? Yeah, pretty much. That means standards were very Because during that time, like, you think about the 60s and 70s, you had George Carlin coming up, you had Richard Pryor about about to come... About to come out. And you got to think about the image that the masses have of black people. They're angry. They're loud. They're obnoxious. So that was Richard Pryor's comedy. So you have this other comedian who is, oh, I'm nice. I'm acceptable. You can play me in front of your parents. You can play me in front of your kids. And you can enjoy my comedy with the family. That's why I was considered family friendly. And this and is the height of the civil rights movement. Peak. Peak civil rights movement. So he's not talking about race. He's not. He's not. He, and he's not. He's, he's not, not talking cursing. About race. He's not overtly dirty like like a prior. But you know he's he's safe. He was the safe negro. Right. So drug drugging women wasn't that big of a deal because he was safe. He was safe. But- I guess, and to go back to your question, could I watch the Cosby show? Nah, I couldn't. That's not something, honestly, I didn't really watch it like that before. I would watch it, like, if it came on TV, I'd watch it. But I wasn't running to to watch it. It wasn't one of my favorites. Now, A Different World? I can I can watch A Different World. <laughs> I can watch A Different World because he's really not associated with that. Like, he was just a producer, but he really, it had really had nothing to do with him. Like, I don't, I've seen, I think I've seen all the episodes. I don't remember seeing him in any of the no. episodes of A Different World. No. I don't Here's a question. And I, don't, I don't know. Does he make money off of us watching A Different World? Like at this point? Because, oh. you know, like with he... R. Kelly, the uh, people who still listen to him would justify it by saying that he doesn't make any money off of it because he doesn't own the masters. See, I can't listen to him. I wouldn't listen to him because his crimes were in his music. Like I mean, the stuff those, he was doing. Those crimes are in his in his comedy. And 
and his yeah, comedy. But it's not show. it's not in a different world. How do we know? You know it's, it's kind of funny, not funny, but with R. Kelly, I'll walk into some spaces, maybe some like white owned coffee shops or it's typically white owned establishments or very and, old black people. And they would just be playing, playing R. Kelly. They're playing ignition. Playing ignition, the remix. And the I'm remix. like, we we so y'all still y'all still doing that? Y'all don't yeah. y'all didn't get the memo? This this ain't cool no more. Yeah, R. R. Kelly is he's I there's no I can't I would not be able to listen to R. Kelly today because his music like even if I'm out and I hear it I'm just I cringe because yeah it's like it's like right like the title of his songs are just like even Aaliyah's first album Aging Nothing But a Number like that's I get uncomfortable like hearing songs from that album because I'm like ooh seems and like he, you're ready yeah. He's he's in the he's in the background of her album cover. Like he's standing in the background. Like it's just you just a silhouette. You can't see his face, but you know that it's him. And they got married shortly so, after that came out. Bill Cosby does still make money if we watch a different world. So does that does that now change the equation for you? That's conflicting. I honestly, I can't. I am okay with watching a different world. I'm okay with watching a different world, even if he makes money off of it. I know that he's he's probably very limited as to what he's able to do with that money. So that money will probably just end up going to. Nah, he's he's out. He's free. Yeah, he's out. He's free. It's not limited. He's out and he's free. But what is he actually doing with? All the money that he's getting, that he's money's going spending it, investing it, <laughs> buying whatever he wants. Yeah, I don't. That's a, that's I don't think sell. he's. He, I don't think he's really like. I don't think, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think he's truly benefiting from the money that's being made from people watching a different world. I think you are trying to do the mental gymnastics. It takes just by watching a different <laughs> world. Say, I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do mental gymnastics. Of a, of a different world. <laughs> he's definitely eating off a different world. Yeah, but like is, that's my other money. question. Did Spellman give that money back? Because he was one of the largest. Oh no, I didn't. No, I didn't get that money back. Yeah, hey, ain't nobody giving back money. And I, I, I stand with Spellman. They ain't get that money back. I'm gonna watch a different world. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, you. Whatever mental gymnastics you need to use to justify it to yourself, you go ahead. And Different World is just such a good show. It is. So are you, Claude, are you able to support it on any front? So there are two layers to this for me. One is I just have a hard time rewatching stuff anyway. So the idea of sitting down to go back and watch the Cosby show is, I'm like, I'm just not going to do it. There's just so much new stuff out there. but. The second layer is not, I don't think I can. I, it's like when, when R. Kelly comes on now, my first reaction is, is to cringe and recoil. I imagine that if I'm in the room and someone's like, hey, let's watch a season two, episode four of the Cosby show. I'm like, that's going to be my first reaction is to, is to cringe. And now that I know that my man is eating off of a different world, I'm not going to be able to watch that either. I can't watch Fat Albert. I can't watch, you know, the I Spy, whatever, whatever else he 
he is in and Man, involved. Uptown, Uptown Saturday Night. That was a good listen, movie. Listen, that was one of the greatest black comedies of all time. But we can't erase all. We, I guess that's what that that's where people are on the fence because, yeah, he was nasty. He was on a lot of nasty stuff. But we cannot erase his impact for black people in movie and production. He did a lot. He he did he did a lot of good stuff. Like getting black black stunt doubles. Yeah. 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 And like all the money that he donated to HBCUs. Yeah. But is that enough to say that you still support him? I'm not so I'm I'm not supporting him. I watch a different world to support all the other actors in there. That's my final answer. Putting money in his pocket. That's my finance. I'm putting money in their pocket. <laughs> I was gonna say because you know they're, they're trying to revamp some stuff, so they come back with a revamp similar to this Bear Lair re- redo. Then if they if they bring it back, I don't think he's they're going to have him be a part of it. He may have to sign off on it, and it may be some under the table stuff that we don't know about. But I don't think publicly they would they would announce that he's going to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I can't see him being attached to it. No, they'll probably have to buy him out. Yeah. But. Which please don't. Whoever is in charge of redoing stuff, please do not try to do another a different world. It's fine the way that it was. We do not need a re a resurgence of a different world. And so, also with that, since we're we're capable of holding our own black men accountable of their nastiness no one really pointed out like outside of the documentary I, I didn't hear anybody else say anything about the who was it the NBC president or CEO that was kind of like oh it was only a couple women it was yeah, only that, a couple like, sediments like they knew wild. about it yeah so it was like you knew and you're nasty all y'all need to get up out of here in my opinion yeah, but I mean that's so again this is looking at life through the lens of 2022 and what was that 2004 2006 they were trying to to do that show with him which is crazy like it's only 15 years ago but 15 years ago it was acceptable to to be like oh yeah it was just just a handful of women it's not that big of a deal yeah that's not flying today spanish fly it's not it's not spanish flying today (laughs) <laughs> you, know what else, you know what else is not Spanish flying the fact that this man is on another podcast playing his video games I'm sorry you're doing what all, all, six, all six listeners I just want y'all to know that y'all never have CJ's undivided attention you know no one would know anything that I'm doing I don't care. You didn't we, say something. <laughs> we were revealing all the Cosby secrets and we're revealing all of your secrets, <laughs> sir. You are not going to disrespect this podcast. Okay, so it is very obvious that we are nearing the end of this thing. Oh, now we're at the end. Now, you oh, wanna, now we're nearing the end. Now, now we're uh-huh. nearing the end. <laughs> we're nearing the end now. Do you guys have any final thoughts on Cosby and on we need to talk about him? I got a question. What was the most eye-opening thing that you got out of the documentary? 
like what was the one either the one fact or the one story that like stood out to you and you were just like wow the most eye-opening story the, the wow story i'll go first yeah. mine was the lady who she got casted to play she was a model and she got casted to play a cop and she was like six she was like six feet fair skin like beautiful and she was supposed to be playing a cop in new york and i vividly remember seeing i remember watching that episode and it never dawned on me like why is this lady a cop but the fact that she had like three or four lines and they gave her a dressing room and that still was not like hey, something is wrong here because she has four lines and she has a whole dressing room. Meanwhile, two of our regulars are sharing a janitor's closet. Now, I don't know if that's the same episode, but at one yeah. point in time, she had a dressing room and they were sharing they were sharing a dressing room, which was a janitor's closet. Yeah, that was pretty nasty. And then the that, fact that he, he came in there and like did some mirror hand movements and like and told yeah, her that was yeah. he did he did mirror <laughs> he did mirroring but was behind her and was like this is making love this is just all we were gonna do like yeah you shouldn't do that sir he was weird bill was a weird at guy. some point scotty was there watching yeah. scotty was guarding the door but wasn't Scotty the one who said to her, Bill wants to see you in his dressing yeah. room right now? Yes. Yes. I think the most wild story for me was the woman whose son had drowned in the pool like two weeks earlier. Bill drugged her and her roommate, allegedly. I, I think we still have to say allegedly. And she woke up to see him about to rape her roommate. And then he turns around and rapes her and doesn't he doesn't he like call her after to almost like check in on her or something? No, he didn't call no. her. Um, it was another she, one he called. It was another one that he called. That that became a thing later. Um, but with her, as drugged up as she was, he just kind of dipped and was like, "Call yourself a cab." She could barely speak, and she had no yeah. idea where she was because he right. had drugged he had drugged them while taking them to whatever place that it how she described it it was like a like a like an office building with nothing in it yeah and they just he just brought them there to that to that office did his deed and like left them and she was like she was trying to talk and like how do we get home he was just like call yourself a cab and left yeah that was that story sucked a lot yeah there was the woman who uh, he had her family there and just like ingratiated himself with her family. And, yeah. you know, see, and he's like, and she was like, you know, I can't now go and say to them, Bill Cosby, the really nice guy you just met, yeah. he just raped me. Like, that's, yeah. He, so that he was, was maniacal. Thing. Yeah, that was his thing. Um, I want to say, um, it was quite a few wow moments, but I will say the one where he raped the girl that he casted to play the pregnant role. The pregnant one, Lily. 
Lily. He casted yeah. her after he had raped her. And then as she goes on with her story, because he apparently went on this rant because she wasn't saying something in the pitch that he wanted. Yeah. And he she wasn't saying out milk. loud, yeah, out loud, you know, very loudly, according to her story, said, No, I'm not going to F you in the A um, again. And it's like yeah. people, the production people are there. They were there. And no one stopped to think, like, why would he say that? What What do you mean? What do you mean again? Yeah. Keywords. It's like no one, no one listened to what he was basically telling everyone is that, no, I've been doing this for a while. I'm going to continue to do this. And no one can stop me. And then he sent a car for her to come back the next day. Right. And I'm like, glad was- she... Um, her, yeah, she was just an interesting person. Like I, she was very, she was, was very she was my favorite person. Yeah, in she the was whole, <laughs> she was my favorite person I'm, in the whole series. I'm glad she was left. She the one whose husband was whose husband came on. Um, no, her husband was, was there at some point, but no, that wasn't her. She she that wasn't was married. That was um yeah, what was her name? I forget yeah, her name. Her name that was, was a model. Her name was Lisa. That was Lisa. Yeah. Lisa, there you go. Um, no, but Lily, Lily boy. even said, and she was like, I appreciated her honesty because she was like, she, when she, somebody had like questioned her about like what Bill Cosby had done and they were like, well, why would you still work on him? She's like, because I'm an actor and I need to get paid. And this I is a job. <laughs> I live in New York. Yeah. This is a job for me to get paid. So I'm going to go work. And, like, that just shows you, like, these people are in, like, really desperate situations, and, like, he's just exploiting and taking advantage of them. Yeah, like, that is the hardest business to make it in. You've got 0.01% of people who want to be actors that truly make it. I want to say something, the average the average actor, I think, makes, like, $40,000 a year. So you can understand how someone in her position would be, like, Yes, this really terrible thing happened, but this is also my dream. But that hey explains man, Harvey Weinstein, go to work. right? That explains Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Hey, you want to make it here? You you got to do some things, right? And that that's what sucks. But I'm now I was speaking to her husband because she was saying how her husband was telling her don't come out and say anything, and yeah. it was her oh, son yeah, who told one. her to her yeah her son was like no you have to say something, but she was really. Her husband was like, no, don't say anything. So she was like, no, I divorced him. <laughs> but good for her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's also weird. I, I guess as a I don't, I don't know, maybe his his thing was, you know, I don't want I don't want our family to be embarrassed or I don't want you to I, I don't know. I don't know what his justification would I was have been. I was going to listen and to you try to make make that make that make sense. Yeah. So this is this is the point of empathy, right? You try to put yourself in someone else's shoes, but mm-hmm. I I don't I don't even know what his what his thinking would have been there. I can't empathize with a coward. Where's your heart? Okay, like, you're tough, right? If you're somebody tough told to me Bull City. Bull City, son. Bull City. <laughs> Bull City. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like if somebody told me something happened, no, we we about to go to bat. Like we we're gonna all go to bat together, but like, even no, even if the nothing. bat is bigger than you, you're going to go to bat. You know, sometimes you <laughs> got to hold it with two hands. Real tight. 
For those of you who are from anywhere outside of North Carolina, Bull City is Durham, North Carolina, where Itty Bitty is from. The best city in North Carolina, hands down. My opinion. I mean, that's that's not saying much. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's saying a whole lot. Saying a whole lot. Low bar. (laughs) Not at all. Not Almost as low as you. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Bull City Ride. Man. All right. We talked about Cosby. We we did it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that was hard. But we we like to end here by by asking, you know, what did you do to take care of yourself this week? So D, I'll let Eugene go first, give you some time to think. But what'd you do to take care of yourself this week? This man just put the controller in the screen, like talking to me <laughs> with the controller. <laughs> it is the utter disrespect for me. Well, there's no video in this podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, For self-care, I played ball today and on Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, I played on Saturday, too. Um, So twice in one week, that's a lot for me in my old age um but it was good though i think if i can keep up with at least doing once a week i can get rid of this dad gut because i hate running on the treadmill so and i've officially decided that i'm not eating fried foods oh welcome to the club i'm not i'm not eating fried foods well i'm gonna have one more celebratory ceremonious chicken wings and mumbo sauce when i go home next week and then that'll be it that's it for fried foods now i'm sad because i'm proud of you i love fried chicken like i promise you won't miss it i won't miss what you won't miss fried foods once you let it go it's not i'm gonna miss fried chicken i'm going to miss fried chicken i'm telling you why you just I mean, it'll it'll become it'll become a part of life eventually. But that's that's the biggest thing that I'm like really sad about, like legit sad about having to give up fried chicken. You're going to cry in the car. I might cry. I might that the last bite that I have of my chicken wings and mumbo sauce, like I'm going to cry because I know that's it. What song are you going to have playing in the background? Um, I'm, it's not going to be a song. I'm going to be watching <laughs> 500 Days of Summer as I take my last bites of fried food. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You go ahead. D, what'd you do to take care of yourself this week? Uh, this week, I, let's see. I've done quite, quite a few things. Um, most recently today, I ran three miles. Ooh, I wanted to Ugh. explore uh, if I could still do it. Um, it was tough, but I still got it. So how how long did it did take? That uh, about twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes, three miles in twenty five minutes. Yeah, you was that's, running, running. That's a long time. <laughs> like actually running, like no, like you wasn't stopping and walking. <laughs> no, I wasn't running like that. I wasn't running like crazy because I did go um, indoor. I went to the gym and did it on the treadmill, but I'm trying to get back comfortable to get back on the trails. Uh, Mallet Creek Trail is my favorite. So, trying to get back to 
to where it all works out. Um, besides that, I sat around. I watched Harry Potter when I felt like it. And I have an unpopular at, at opinion. Face. I have a fix your face. Oh, here fix we go. Here we go. I have an unpopular opinion about Harry Potter. Well, go ahead. Finish about your no, no, no. finish I, about I, I your self care. I want to hear this. Unpo- What's your unpopular opinion? You got because you know I'm gonna tell Kim. <laughs> well, shout out to Kim. Uh, I really think it's not good. <laughs> Harry Potter is not good. <laughs> nah, you you you're just wrong on this one. It's not good. Maybe no. because maybe because I only watched it as an adult. Like I didn't watch it when it came out. I didn't watch it when when it was when it was first got popular. I didn't read the books. Okay, so you have childhood traumas. Cool. Well, no. So he's wrong because I didn't read or watch the movies until I was thirty, and I think they're. I think the books are amazing. And the books are the amazing. Movies. The movies maybe should have never been made, but that's a little extreme. But it's still really the movies amazing. never should have been like we agreed on something. The, the movies, movies should have never been made. Everyone doesn't read. Here's my issue, right? If you are an adaptation of a book, include the things that are in the book. And if you're not going to include the things that are in the book, don't add stuff that's not in there. That was my frustration with the movies. True. But to a degree, you have to make the storyline make sense without extending production. We're keeping it within the cost budget. On top of the movies are already long. I don't want to hear it. It's actually we're fan. we're due for a Harry Potter reboot, but each book is a ten episode season on you know Peacock or HBO Max or whatever. But it's time, do it right. I'm here for it, and we're gonna have a whole I love, kumbaya. I, I love Harry Potter world in Orlando. It was very lots of fun. I don't I don't understand I, anything that's going on there. The roller coaster, the twin dragon. You know, I'm I enjoy I enjoy roller coasters. Uh, that, that, that twin dragon <laughs> roller coaster was really fun. But you I try. You I try to get butterbeer. No, what is butterbeer? Man, come on! Don't, go there. Drink, don't, don't show you your face. Don't show no. you your face. No, I it just wasn't for me. You didn't buy same, a wand. Same with loving. Same with loving basketball. Chair, chair, not chair, a, chair, chair. Okay, not a good All move. Right. <laughs> not a good All move. Right. Listeners, if you are if you're still here, if you made it to this point, understand that love and basketball is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, so you, what is you your what's your okay, that. what what would you replace love and basketball with? What is a good movie? And don't say anything. There's I can literally I can rattle off 10 movies that have completely different genres that are better than love and basketball. Wedding crashers. Better than love and basketball. Should have known. Do the right thing. Better than love and basketball. Well, yeah, because that's the best movie of all time. I mean, that's your opinion. Pulp Fiction. (laughs) Better than love and basketball. (laughs) Mean Girls. Better than love and basketball. (laughs) Mean Girls is better than love and basketball. We we have to have another conversation because I actually just had one recently about uh, Tarantino being in a room writing uh, Django and Pulp Fiction, and he loves himself a good excitement. The excitement on he his does. face when there was a table read for words that he probably already said in the comfort of. Were home. you were you there in the room? You saw the excitement on his face. 
it, I can imagine because oh. you know how like he was writing these words before it made yeah. it to the table read. He read it to somebody. I mean, true. Pulp Fiction is still just, better. Nigger and all. Pulp Fiction is still better than loving <laughs> basketball. <laughs> yeah, you, we, didn't, we didn't get Love Jones. Better than love and basketball. The best okay. man. Better than love and basketball. Chill, 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 chill. Are, are you saying love and basketball is better than the best man? Are That's you close. S- that is close. Close how? It's the timing of everything. Love and basketball came out when people were about to go to college and everybody thought they was going to be in high you school. You was not about forever. to go to co- you was not about to go to college when love and basketball came out. I know this because Kyla Pratt is in it and Kyla Pratt is exactly 1 year older than me. I was early college Pratt. I was actually on my way to college and I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll have a she college." She played young time. Monica. You were not about to Kyla go to college. Pratt? Kyla Pratt. She yeah. played young Monica. She, like she did play young Monica, but like she's not that much older. She she's... was like 10, 11 when that movie came out. Yeah. Okay. And that movie came out. That movie came out like 99. And you're younger than us. And you're younger than I us. I know. This, this what <laughs> you were not on the road already, to college. I was already ahead of the game. I was already ahead of the game. I was already there. You were barely in middle school. I don't you weren't even in middle school when Love and Basketball came out. <laughs> but you was on your way to college. <laughs> All this tells me is they don't teach math in Durham at all <laughs> <laughs> math or history really you have math, no idea so what was going on when left and back no that's why i knew i was on my way to college i was on my way d you was you were nowhere near college you weren't even hey, in middle school i'll let you have your mean girls you let me have my story your story is a lie but okay <laughs> <laughs> your perception is your reality <laughs> Listen, is it my turn yet? It is. Love and Basketball came out in 2000. (laughs) We weren't even in high high school yet. In high school. Yeah, no, I was was new to like middle school, but it doesn't matter. I knew what I was doing. I was well on my way. Okay. (laughs) You was a fast little girl. (laughs) And we're not talking about track. I didn't say that. Claude, what did you do for self-care? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going she to definitely say two wasn't things. listening to these lies that he is telling. <laughs> so my self-care is coming up this weekend. As you know, I once a month I like to take a day just for writing. And so this weekend I will be taking a day just to write. I'll be uh finishing up the third draft of a book that I'm working on. But this week, since that has technically has not happened yet. I was taken care of. And I want to take this minute to shout out the good people at Siete Foods who took care of me and sent a wonderful care package full of all sorts of chips and seasonings and hot sauces. We shouted them out on the last episode of The Kickback, which featured Dr. Sharice Taylor, if you have not listened to it yet. And we were just talking about our love for Siete. See if they came through and they hooked your boy up. So I want to take this moment to say thank you to them for taking care of me. Okay. You're not going to get no, Yo, you're not no. Gonna get a pause in that at all. Just, <laughs> <you> just 
It's going fast. No, food. no, cats. not um, not in 2022, but I do want to try their um. Did they send you taco I want to try them churro joints. Let me get a bag of those. So I saw you. They had... didn't send me. They didn't send me the taco joint, the taco shells. But I've had them. They're mad good. Are they, but they good? Sent okay. me, they sent me. They sent me. They did send me like three bag bags of the churros because I me mentioned that was my favorite. Nah, let me get one. Come on. It's By the time you get to you, you just go down to Harris Teeter. I'm gonna see you next week. You are gonna see me next week. You're right. So you can, bring, you can bring one to Maryland. Honestly, my daughter and I are probably going to eat them in the car on the way down. Yo, I've eaten eat entire y'all bags eat, in one sitting. Y'all can eat y'all bag on the way down. Just bring me a bag. You got three bags. If you one think for you, all one, three of those bags are going to make it to next week, you tripping. All right, Gordito. <laughs> you just said you're trying to lose that, that dag gut. I'm, what is that, what I'm does that have to do you. if you eating a whole bag of chips in one sitting? Oh, because I got the daddy bod. I don't have a dad bod. I can afford one bag of chips. Touche. Shots fired. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I'm sick of y'all. Thank you for listening. You trying to play your game? Okay. To another episode. Yeah, it's, of it's the fourth quarter. With the homie. It's the fourth quarter now. <laughs> Thank you, D, for joining us. We appreciate your insight. Eugene, how many stars do the people need to leave on this podcast? Five star, five star, five star. That's right. Please remember to like, comment, share, subscribe, follow, tell a friend to tell a friend, and ask your friends. H Y K. Oh, wait, what was it? H Y K. No, don't. H Y K W T H. Have you kicked it with the homie? Thank you. And on that note, we yo. Bye. Kicking it with the homie. Kicking it with the homie. Kicking it with the homie. Oh, 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 oh,